The Capo and Joe Podcast is brought to you by Bold City Heating and Air. Fast and reliable AC service. Welcome, Capo and Joe is on the air. Facebook Live, if you're tuning in on Facebook on 1010XL, we totally appreciate it. Or if you found us in podcast form or just listening to us, we know that you're fired up coming out of a win over the Houston, Texas. Josie from XL Primetime, our head coach, Dave Campo, as we are fired up and ready to go. Coach, they beat them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When, when people didn't think they could beat them. Yeah, well, yeah. The uh, red-hot Houston, Texas. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> All I can tell you is uh, they, they don't say how it happened. Yeah. They only say you either had a W or an L. Yeah. And we went down there and took care of business. It was a heck of a football game. They have a good team. Yeah. yeah. And and we knew that. Mm-hmm. We knew going in that that was going to be a close ball game. We didn't know it was going to come down to a 58-yard field goal hitting yeah. the crossbar. Yeah. But uh, the, still, the game wasn't won with that kick. Yeah. So He look, makes the kick. They still have to win the yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. You're so, still going to overtime at that point. Yeah, exactly. So how about this? So instead of the L yeah. right here, we can do We can our do this there. right here. Okay. Yeah. I'm getting used to this. Exactly. My, my, I, I my bobblehead likes going like this. And, and yeah. so you're back-to-back wins, and this was an important time because they had been humbled by five scores by the San Francisco 49ers. They beat what, as you know, I've described, a bad Tennessee Titans team, but they played a really good Houston Texas team. So it was a about a point, point-and-a-half point spread going into the game. The Jaguars were favored in this. I think both of us thought they were going to win this game. But we didn't know exactly how this bad boy was going to unfold. So let's go through it. Let's at least start in the early stages of this game. And I really feel like Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson wanted to send a message that this division, not up for the taking. Yeah. Uh, there's no question that, that that our team was ready to play down there. Mm-hmm. And that's a tough place to play. I thought Trevor, uh, you know, they did some really good things in the first half. They had a chance to really jump up. Without, you know, if they make the play uh, at the end of the half. But, uh, you know, I thought we handled ourselves really well. The, the offensive line protected well. The quarterback had a, an excellent ball game. Yeah. Uh, Calvin Ridley and, and uh, Kirk, mm-hmm. you know, showed out. It, it was just a really good game. And, and the defense, uh, I thought, played lights out in the ball game. So if we start on the offensive side, and I threw some numbers at you earlier when we were doing XL primetime. The numbers really speak volumes about what Trevor was able to do. Now, look, we've been hearing the chatter about Trevor. Is he generational? He hasn't had this many, uh, you know, more mistakes, maybe not as many touchdowns, you know, all that stuff. Anyway, 10 completions for 219 yards in the first half of this ball game. That's nearly 22 yards per completion. And it's guys that are open, guys that are downfield, guys that are catching it and turning upfield and making positive yards. I don't care how you wanted to track it. That was meaningful for him to get off to a quick start like that and, like you said, involve those guys, all of them, early. Yeah, and and I'll tell you, it all starts, uh, you know, and I think you guys are probably tired of me saying it, but, you know, even though we weren't killing them with the run, we stuck with the run it's all important. the way through the game. Yeah. And, and in that first half, I think the first two runs we ran, we made one yard and zero yards. Mm-hmm. But when you do that, there's indecision in the defense's mind. Mm-hmm. And that takes the pressure off of the quarterback a little bit. You could get some things with play action, but mm-hmm. also even in the drop back game, you don't know in a lot of situations whether they're, you're going to throw or, or, or run. Right. If you stop the run, you know, you don't run enough. Mm-hmm. They know what you're going to do. And that it's puts true. the pressure on the quarterback in yeah. every situation. And he ended up, 
56 yards on 20 attempts. That's not a great yards per carry stat or anything like that. Four catches coming out of the backfield for 30 yards. So he was doing work. Now, the one thing, we might as well stay here on the run game because ETN, I feel like, is taking not unnecessary shots. Last year, he was taking unnecessary shots because he wasn't quite up to speed the way he'd like to be. Now he's trying to prove that he can run in, in between the tackles, and I, I'm a little worried about that, to be honest with you, going well, forward. Well, he did get hit. Yeah. I mean, obviously he had a little chest issue or mm-hmm. whatever it was. But, uh, you know, I think that, that this football team, if, if you ask what I think they need to do to improve, mm-hmm. it's to get the running game going. Now, I don't know how they do that, mm-hmm. but, uh, I mean, I have some ideas. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think that ETN – uh, is going to do uh, the best thing to me was Dearness Johnson coming around a little bit, mm-hmm. so that they have a guy like that, that can kind of spell him and 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 that keeps the running game going. You know, you don't want to run a guy twenty times if he's going to make one yard every carry. Right, run him a few times, bring the other guy in, let him take a couple of the one yard gains, yeah. and then bring him back in, and all of a sudden you start yeah. popping something. Yeah, and Dearness Johnson got off a big play down the right side, nice little screen, screen. game. It was really and really back to back weeks they've been able to hit him with passes in the flat area and he's been able to turn up field. Now I want to make this other declaration. I'm not panicking on ETN, but I do feel like you know there's a little bit of wear and tear that may be starting to show up and just a little bit of concern. But to the Dearness Johnson part of this, he's now number two in in the batting order, not Tank Bigsby. Right. And you know what I think that is, Coach? It could be blitz pickup. It could be just Tank Bigsby is either starting to doubt himself or doesn't know everything he's supposed to know. And that that's a little bit of a concern. Yeah, I think that, that you know both of those things might be part of it. Yeah. I think part of it also is that when you when you uh you know a rookie coming in mm-hmm. there's expectations. He didn't meet those expectations early, so mm-hmm. now all of a sudden it's you know it's I'm a, I think it's more confidence mm-hmm. not only his confidence but the coaching staff's confidence. You know, you have to trust the guys that when you put them in there. Right. And and I think Doug is smart enough to bring him along because mm-hmm. he did have was it was it this game or last game? He had the one run for first down. It was this La- game. Last, yeah. It was the last game. I think it was last game. Okay. Well, they put him in. Mm-hmm. They'll put him in some just to try to help his confidence sure. and let him because they're going to need him in the end. You never know what's going to happen. You said it yourself. Mm-hmm. Maybe Etienne's taking yeah. a little few too many mm-hmm. hits. Yeah. You know, uh, you got to have depth in the yeah. backfield, and they got rid of Hasty. Yeah. Was... Now they do have Snoop Connor, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, on the practice squad. Right. But uh, I think Bigsby has to get enough work to where he starts to feel the confidence build up. Yeah, it is kind of interesting that we were, you know, talking about Jermichael Hasty coming out of last year and the re-signing, and that he may may have a chance, and then little by little he was just minimized, and like you said, uh, basically has, has lost his his rotation. Uh, and now not part of the plan. I do like what Dearness Johnson brings. Not necessarily he can do one thing very, very well. Just does a lot of things well enough to keep him as part of the game plan and keep him involved in special teams too. Right. And I saw him uh, make some blocks in the passing mm-hmm. game too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so I think he's kind of a complete back. Not a great back, but a complete back to where he can do a lot of things and he can really take some pressure off of, off of. Uh, ETN and when he does get the ball and he gets it into a favorable situation like the screen pass, yeah, he can make some things happen. Oh, yeah. He's got some speed, and you know he's got some uh, juju. Yeah, I told him, I told you that I had a prop bet on him to score, 
It was a nice proposition. It did not happen. Yeah. But I thought on that one you run. I thought play, you might have a shot. I thought he was going yeah, in. I, 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 thought, I, I thought he had a shot too. All right. So let's stay on the offensive side. You mentioned Calvin Ridley, five grabs, 89 yards, a touchdown. Evan Ingram, five grabs, 49 yards. He still hasn't gotten in the end zone. Trevor had him open in the back, didn't hit him on that one play. But we're talking about, and Christian Kirk with that play right down to the goal line. The, I think all of that comes from better offensive line play. Yeah. Now, I think the offensive pl- line played very well. And again, some of it is you're sticking with the run to mm-hmm. where the, it takes a little pressure off. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think they did very well. I thought the offense in the first half started fast, mm-hmm. you know, which they which they had to do. Uh, they ran early to keep the defensive line off off of the quarterback, mm-hmm. and I think that that's that's what we're talking about with the offensive line. Uh, and they were really good on third down. Those mm-hmm. things are what transpired in the first half to get them get them going. They scored three out of their first five yeah. uh, uh, drives. Right. And the fifth one was the one that they didn't score on the one-yard line, or else they would have scored four out of the five. All right, let's stay there, because uh, I think you and I might be on opposite sides of this. When they make a big play like that, and you have very little time left on the clock, I like the idea that Doug Peterson seems to have in his head as well, and that's go for the kill shot. You've got a chance to score seven instead of three. That's twice more than twice as many points. And so I love the idea of sending a message into the locker room, 53 guys and a message going into Houston's locker room like, we are kicking your tail. We are not going to settle for field goals. We're going to score touchdowns on you. Now, it didn't happen, and then maybe the opposite could have taken place because the Houston Texans got fired up by the stop. Which way would you have gone? Well, first of all, let me just say uh, you and I are a little different Mm -hmm. because uh, I don't bet on games. (laughs) You do. Occasionally. so you have a little bit of a gambling, <laughs> aggressive mentality to you. Occasionally. I'm old school. Yeah. And I don't like the analytics and all this gambling stuff on fourth down and all that stuff. You know, and, and that's probably why I'm not a head coach today. But uh, I would have taken the points there. But then on, you look at the other side of the coin mm-hmm. and, and you, you listen to what Doug Peterson said. And he said that there's logic behind that call. Right. Because we were getting the ball in the second half. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had confidence on my players right. to where we we make that one and we got a chance to score two touchdowns yeah. in in six minutes maybe right. total. And so, those uh, those last minutes of the first half and the beginning of the second half, you've always said are really important. Yeah, and and so you know I can see his point. And and here's the other thing, you know hindsight's twenty twenty. If mm-hmm. it works, it's great. If it doesn't work, it doesn't. It isn't great. Yeah. But think of this scenario. And I said this on the primetime show. I'll mm-hmm. say it again. Mm-hmm. Let's say we kick the field goal. Now it's the last drive of the game. They have the ball, Houston, mm-hmm. and we're up by six. We get to that last play, that last kick from 58 yards. Right. If they were down six, they would have gone for it. I was scared that they were going to go for it anyway because mm-hmm. the quarterback was good enough to get himself moving and find somebody. Right. And they had a chance to score and win the game by one. Well, with with down three, uh, Amico Ryan's made the decision to kick it mm-hmm. at 58 yards, which right. I would have not done anyway mm-hmm. because I feel like a guy that hasn't kicked the ball over 50 yards. Yeah. 
The Campo and Joe podcast is brought to you by Bold City Heating and Air. Fast and reliable AC service. Lot to ask. You know, you, that's, a, that's a real gamble. And I've got a number one draft pick mm-hmm. at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm going to let him try to win the game at that point. Yeah, it, I, I like, I think, reg- I think aggressiveness will always be rewarded. Conservatism may bite you in the fanny. I do know that both work. It's just trying to figure out when to and when not to. And I feel like Dougie Fresh is in the middle of the pack in terms of going for it because it's backfired on him for sure. You're a riverboat gambler. <laughs> That's all there is to it. Yeah. I know people that are watching the show and listening to it mm-hmm. uh, watch college football. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. University of Oregon against Washington. Yeah. Middle of the year. They Great lose game. to Washington. They've got one loss and they're fighting Oregon to get into the playoffs. Yeah. The head coach in that game, Dan Lanning, mm-hmm. who I think is an excellent coach, he is. went for fourth down four times. Yeah. Oh for four. Yeah, that's not good. Is that head coach? Is that good? Is that bad? <laughs> that's not good. Um, and, and, and you know what? The one that cost him, the other ones I could live with. It's the one at the middle of the field at the end of the game. And again, this is my, I'm, I'm looking big picture. Fourth quarter decisions are way worse than halftime decisions. But that one at the end, was a bonehead decision on his part. Yeah, see, he had a little money on Oregon. (laughs) You better believe it. And that was a great game. All right, so you mentioned C.J. Stroud, and there was a lot of talk, a lot of chatter going into this game. Uh, Is this the rising star at that position? Trevor hasn't played necessarily up to uh, billing and all this kind of stuff. And I'm sure Trevor probably took it a little personal. But we've already talked about how great a game he had, 364 through the air. Ran for one, threw for one. I mean, he was exceptional on Sunday. C.J. Stroud's a good player. We're going to see for a while in this division. Well, this division is going to be tough. I mean, you know, you got uh, Stroud, you got uh, Trevor, you got uh, Richardson, who mm-hmm. was looking pretty good as a as a rookie mm-hmm. uh, early before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. Will Levis has some talent. Yeah. He's got to have some people around him. So this division is going to be tough, and I firmly believe the tougher the division, if you can make it through it, right hardens you for what you have to do in the playoffs mm-hmm. when you get there. Uh, Stroud, to me, the knock on him coming out, and I only watched him a couple times before mm-hmm. because I knew we weren't taking a quarterback. Right. So, you know, I watched him a couple times. The knock on the on him coming out was he couldn't throw the ball on the move. Yeah. It looked, well, he appeared stiff, according yeah. to the analyst. Well, he's proven that he can do that. Yeah. And, and I think that, uh, to be honest with you, if that game was played again, game this weekend, Mm -hmm. if our defensive ends, and believe me, the defensive line played well in this game, if they'd have kept contained on the football, we'd have had five or six sacks in that ball game. You you and I were talking during the game, and you were frustrated. It's a great opportunity to bring this up because you're a defensive guy, and you know how important it is to get that quarterback on the ground. They did so much to affect him, but then he remained – keeping the play alive. Absolutely. And, and then ultimately the Nikos, the tanks, these guys down the field, you can't keep covering for four, five, and six seconds. I, I say two things about our defense if we're mm-hmm. going to our defense. Yeah, yeah. First of all, he didn't scramble around because he wanted to scramble around. No. He, he scrambled around because we put pressure on him, and especially inside, mm-hmm. because that's what forced him to the outside. Now, there were a couple where he we didn't stay in a rush lane, and he ran, he ran mm-hmm. 
right straight ahead, but most of the time he was getting on the perimeter. Yeah. Well, we affected him there. But even more important was when a quarterback is scrambling around like that, I thought the secondary did a heck of a job, not so much on keeping him from making some yardage, mm-hmm. but keeping from getting the big play where those guys wide open down yeah. the field when yeah. they're scrambling around. He hit the one to Tank Dell right at the line of scrim or right at the goal line. Yep. And that was a score. Uh, the the other play to Nico probably went for I, I'm trying to remember exactly how far that went, but that was a you know a double digit yard score. Right. But by and large, what you're saying is true, and I, and I loved it because you're getting effort from guys. Josh Allen, when it was all said and done, five total tackles, uh, four solo, four quarterback hits, uh, two tackles for loss. He gets two and a half sacks. All this stuff that he was able to do, he was doing work. And then on the other side, there was one play. Trayvon Walker is just wearing the tackle out but can't quite get to CJ. Gets knocked to the ground. He looks up like he thinks the play should be over at this point. He's like, I am worn out. He looks up. He goes, damn, he's still up. He jumps up and and has to run him out of bounds. Yes. It was crazy how long CJ could extend. I think uh, uh, Josh Allen's playing great football. I mean, there's no question about it. And I think a lot of it is because I wasn't here as a rookie when he was a rookie, but He's, that's the best game I've seen him play. But I think some of it is because uh, Roy Robertson Harris is playing inside of him, mm-hmm. and is there they can run some uh, TE games and right. ET games where mm-hmm. they where they where he gets some some work that way. And also Trayvon Walker. Let's not forget him. I mean, he's Give getting better. Yeah, you know, everybody said Hutchison and him. Hutchison's only got a couple more sacks than he does. Yeah. And and there was one play where he he. How now again? Power is his number one right. move. That's his number one asset. But he drove the tackle, the right tackle, into CJ Stroud. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's a full grown man. But if he just learns a little bit more in that T and E game, which you can explain that he is definitely putting himself in position to make plays. For yeah. Him. You know the ET games. Uh, you know where the where the where the tackle goes up the field hard, and the end comes up underneath. That's two of. Josh Allen and uh, Walker's best best move. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if they can get on a guard, a lot of times that gives them a chance to get to the quarterback because of athletic ability compared to the guards. All right, now there's a couple things that came out of the game. Let's just talk about Cam Robinson real quick. Robinson goes on reserve injured, so basically he's looking at uh, another knee injury. We saw the emotion on the sidelines, brought to tears at one point. Bit of a cheerleader at the end. He was fired up. I believe these guys. Even though he was suspended for four games, they love Cam Robinson. Yeah. He is a leader. He's a tough dude. He's emblematic of the team. I think they they know that about him. But now he goes on injured reserve. You may or may not see him, Coach. Three to six weeks is what Rappaport, Ian Rappaport, put out yesterday. What did you think of Walker Little and Ezra Cleveland on that left side? Well, I think I can answer it easily. Walker Little's a tackle. Mm-hmm. So when Walker Little goes out there, I would say with a little bit different skill sets, he and Cam are Mm 50-50. Cam is probably a little, brings a little bit more because of his attitude and his toughness and maybe the leadership and all that to Walker Little. Mm -hmm. If they have to pass block a lot in the game, Walker Little is better than Cam Robinson. So I'm going to just say because of, if you look at everything, mm-hmm. it's probably 50-50. So they haven't lost anything by putting him out there. Right. 
Ezra Cleveland is a better guard than anybody else on the ball club. That's good. Uh, so whenever Ezra did Cleveland you say better than Brandon Sheriff. Is oh that, yeah, yeah. I think he's the best job on the field, mm-hmm. uh, guard on the field. And the reason I say that is Brandon Sheriff does a lot up here. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. an old dog. Yeah, you know, so You're he right. knows the tricks. But as far as just power and being able to get his hands on guys and stop the progress and all that, I believe Ezra Cleveland's the best. Yeah. So when I look at that side of the line of scrimmage, if you if you remember correctly, two of the runs we popped were on that side mm-hmm. with Walker Little and, yeah. and Ezra Cleveland. Yeah. So to me, that's uh, as good a lineup. The thing where we're hurt is the depth. Because when we got Ezra Cleveland, I thought, okay, well, we got depth now. Now that puts Shatley and and Hans, mm-hmm. especially yeah, Blake Hans, yeah. yeah, into the into the mix. And I think we were a little stronger without, you know, with the with all of those guys with with Ezra Cleveland mm-hmm. and Shatley and Hans yeah. as backup guys. And, and and I like it because Walker, like you said, more natural position. Ezra definitely proving that it's a natural position for him. And I don't know where this goes. But we're all talking about whether or not if they keep winning. They got the Bengals, they got the Browns, they got the Ravens, they got basically the AFC North coming up uh, for the next three weeks. This is an important stretch. And if Walker and Ezra keep playing, and it's let's just say it's a three week clock for for Cam Robinson to come back, he may not come back to his job. Yeah, I, I really think it depends uh, really on how well Ezra plays. I think there's no question there because I think Walker Little could be an adequate guard, mm-hmm. but Ezra is better. Yeah. When Cam comes back, it depends on how much that leadership and toughness and and that attitude yeah. Yeah. means something down the stretch in, when you get to the the, the real yeah. tough oh, ones, you, you know, when it, it, yeah. when it gets cold and, mm-hmm. and you're having to play, uh, you know, get ready for the playoffs and maybe you got to go to Kansas City or mm-hmm. you got to go to wherever. Yeah. You know, uh, that may be the deciding factor. I don't know what they're going to do. You know, I I can't answer that question because I think it depends on how well these guys are playing when he gets when he gets back on the on the uh, health. It's so important right now if you think about where everybody is at. We mentioned the three AFC North teams that they have to face: get a bull against Cincinnati because of the Burrow injury, get a bull against Cleveland on the road not only because of the quarterback injury to Deshaun Watson, but also Miles Garrett's not 100%. Right. The Ravens easily could be a problem, and, and there's history between these two teams. Then after that, you go Bucks, Panthers, Titans. Those are three teams that could be looking at draft order over everything else. So this team needs to take care of business. So let's finish up with this, okay? As far as the, the top seed in the AFC, look, we know exactly where things sit with uh, the Jaguars and the Kansas City Chiefs, but just listen to this, Coach. Three different teams over the course of Sunday had the number one seed. Right. Okay? Based on how everything went. Jacksonville went to the number one seed when they had their win. A comeback victory by the Chiefs over the Raiders put the Kansas City Chiefs back in front. Then the Ravens, with their win over the Chargers, put them back in front to top the conference. This is going to be fun down the stretch. It is. And and I'll tell you, to be honest with you, where we're going to end up is going to be determined in the next three games. Mm-hmm. And it's against the black and blue division yeah. of the NFC North. Mm-hmm. AFC North. AFC yeah. North. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I got Cowboys in my <laughs> – I, I got a little messed up there. Yeah. Uh, AFC North. 
and it's a it's a tough division. Yeah. And you could say whatever you want. Cincinnati's going to be tough. Cleveland's going to be tough, especially in Cleveland. Yeah. And, and you know both of those teams have a history of being tough. Yeah. And then uh, Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. You know the the Chiefs and the, uh, excuse me the uh, Browns and the Ravens defensively. Mm-hmm. Are really good. And look, you were a defensive coordinator up in Cleveland, so you know all about the dog pound and all that. Yep. And it it is not an easy place to play, and there will be noise. And who knows what the quarterback situation will look like? But they definitely have dogs. On well, I team. think we. I think obviously, when you look at the schedule, it looks favorable mm-hmm. because of what you mentioned. Yeah. You got some. You got some injury situations. You got some. You know the quarterback uh, issues. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's going to be tough games because every game's important now. Yeah. This is a play to me. Every game from here on out is a playoff game yeah. because now you're fighting to stay where you're at at the division and to up your seed in the, yeah. in the playoffs. Once you get to December, baby, this is when it matters. Before yep. it was start talking draft in December. Yeah, no, sir. No. All right, so we're out. Uh, we will look forward to next Tuesday, which will be right after the Monday Night Football game. So we'll be able to zero in full focus on yes. that game. All right, Coach, as always, yeah. uh, we Hit keep the bobblehead going. going. That's right. We don't want them going sideways. Dave Campo, Dude. Joe C., we appreciate all of you, all of Duval, for tuning in for a little Campo and Joe. This presentation of the Campo and Joe podcast is brought to you by Bold City Heating and Air, fast and reliable AC service.